0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website, at overflowdfw.com. We're gonna have a fun morning, but uh, first, we're gonna be a little bit interactive, at least in the first part of the morning. Could you guys raise your hands up in there? Both hands, stick them up. Put your hands over, your, hands over your ears, okay? Put your hands down now. <laughs> Wait, Simon didn't say. Um, God's putting people every single week up here on this stage to equip you. He's not just putting people up here on the stage to make you feel better, have a good message, but he's putting people up here to equip you how to follow Jesus together. When you guys do not take what is being said here and apply it to your life, it's like you're plugging your ears. Okay. So you guys can be in this church for many months, many weeks, and you guys cannot have your lives transformed the way God wants you to transform because you're hearing it, but you're not doing anything with it. God doesn't want you to just be hearers the word. He wants you to be doers. I've seen a lot of people in this place grab a hold of something God's spoken about weekly, apply it to their life, and God's done something. So today, it's not gonna be the best sermon of your life. It's not gonna be like Pastor Josh comes up here, but what it is gonna be is take one thing, take one thing, and apply it this week, and God's gonna start doing something with you. When I first came out here, I came from California, I came into a very hard season, hardest one of my life. I was working um, more than a full-time job. I've never worked that long in my life. I I was doing full-time school at nights online, and I was freshly married. And that's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, God gave grace for it, though. And I was coming in the middle of this, and I felt very ungrateful in my heart. I I, I came here, and and we started coming to Overflow. And Pastor Josh, he preached a message. You guys remember um, just the thank you cards. Mine's a little beat up. He passed these back. He passed these out and he had a message and he said, basically along the lines of take this and write one thing you're thankful for that God's done in your life a day. And so I wasn't just a hearer of the word. I didn't just hear it and then go to lunch and forget about it. I've done that plenty. I'm, I'm guilty of that. But I took that, and I actually went to work, and I didn't like work, and I went to work, and I didn't like what I was doing. I was tired and exhausted, and I took this card out, and the first thing I would do is I would write, God, I'm I'm thankful for this. And this is actually the second card I filled out. So this is the second one I filled out. I stole my wife's card after I was done with mine, but I filled my first one out front and back, and then I got my second one and started doing this, and I didn't do it for a week. I didn't do it for a month. I did it for a couple months, and as I started applying what was taught, God started transforming the way I was thinking. It was good. Then I didn't hate my job and actually saw God put me there as a blessing. So grab one thing today and do it. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just make it simple and go and do it. All right, so Pastor Emlyn and Pastor Josh, we're kind of doing this fun little uh, wrestling series kind of thing. You guys saw the SummerSlam series. Uh, Pastor Josh, he talked about the ultimate warrior, about being an ultimate warrior for Jesus. And Pastor Emlyn, he talked about Hell in a Cell. And uh, these guys are going off about their experience with WWE and pro wrestling. Me? I know nothing about it. They said we were gonna be doing this over the summer and I was terrified. So I'm like doing my research like every 23 year old does and I'm looking on, I'm watching fights and I'm catching up with all the history that I never got and I'm like, wow, all right. People are really into this stuff. So as a good 23 year old, I was trying to figure out what I was gonna talk about and I looked on the internet on actually how do you become a professional wrestler and not just a professional wrestler. I'm just curious. I'm like, how do these guys make it there? How do you get into the WWE? So today we're talking about going pro and there's some people in this room that are amateurs and there's some people in this room that are professionals and what I mean by that is there's some people that are immature in this room in Jesus And some people in this room that are mature in Jesus and what I want to do today is if you're mature Get more mature. There's always more be a white belt Always be learning and the second thing is if you are on a beginning part of your journey Grab a hold of something because God wants to take you from here to maturity so Maybe you guys are in this room and you guys have been coming for a while. Maybe you guys repented and you guys are running after Jesus. Good. Man, some of the next steps is getting baptized. Some of the next steps, if you got baptized, some of the next steps is getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a separate thing and it's phenomenal. But maybe you guys are in this room and you're just checking out Jesus. You're just trying to figure out what this thing even means. Wherever you're on this journey, let's figure out like what the next step is. So let's figure out how to like go pro. Um, step one. I used to be a personal trainer a little bit. I might not look like it, but uh, I definitely didn't last summer. I was skinny as anything, dude. I was, I was fasting. and It was good. Jesus was doing cool stuff. But step one is not working out. Step one is actually eating a clean diet. And guess what? To start on professional wrestling, to get the look, to get the strength, it doesn't start with the exercise. It actually starts with what you're putting in. Because what you put in matters. It determines what's going to come out of you. So this is what, this is like the three points for like really putting in a clean diet. The first question is what entertains you? What entertains you? Because what entertains you matters. Yeah. Uh, does it drive you closer to Jesus or does it take you far away from him? Good. I know there's many things that I've been okay with watching or okay with listening to earlier in my life with Jesus. And as I grow closer to him, to get closer to the Lord, there's some things you have to say no to. And they might not necessarily be sin. They might, necessar- they might be some things that are like, well, you know what? That's not what Jesus would be doing and I don't want that in my life. Right. Yeah. So to be able to go deeper, you gotta be putting in the clean stuff. So what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're reading about, it's gotta be stuff that's like, this is this taking me closer to Jesus? Just ask yourself. If it's not, cut it out. Uh, second one is reading the Bible. Oh my goodness, guys. Oh my goodness. So I grew up in church. I love reading the Bible. Um, I actually had a New King James Version when I was growing up and uh, I tried reading through Romans and I didn't understand a lick of it. I didn't understand any of it. And I went to, uh, the Lord started working on me. I started reading my Bible more and God was doing cool stuff. But listen to me on this. I went to a Bible school and the Bible school started out with a pastor coming out saying, he held up a Bible in his hand and he said, there's gonna be many amazing speakers that come out here. God's gonna do amazing stuff. But listen to me, they're not going to transform your life. The thing that's going to transform your life is getting in this word. And I took what they said serious and God transformed my life. And I've been around some guys in this room, man. I could point them out that have got serious about the word of God and God's done a work in their life. And I'm telling you, don't stop where you're at. If you're in a good place with the word, go deeper. There's always more. If you know the word of God, you're going to know God and God's going to take you deeper with him. Put it in. Put it in. Don't just look for the blessings of God. Don't just look for the peace of God. Look for him. Get in the word and God's going to meet you. Oh, my word. Um, The last one on here is fasting. It's kind of like a dirty word. It's it's gross in American churches, right? It's gross in my life. I don't like it. I like food a lot. Um, Sometimes we fast things. I'm not talking about fasting things. I'm talking about fasting food. And it's actually a tool God uses for us to grow deeper with him. And actually, a tool for breakthrough. So, if you guys are praying after something, if you guys are going after something, and something's not shifting, or you want deeper intimacy with Jesus, set aside food. If it's one day, it won't kill you. If it's one meal, it won't kill you. Take that time that you'd normally be eating and go and pray. Go alone with Jesus and just say, God, I don't feel like I hear you. I feel like I'm just talking to a wall. I know when I was talking to God when I was first growing into Him, I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Like you hear Pastor Josh talking about, God said this, God said that. Some of you guys in this room might never heard God's voice before, but I'm telling you, it's not because of the special people God speaks to, but it's the people that press into him are gonna hear him. And it's the people that are actually pressing in and fasting is one of those tools God's given us to go deeper with him. So maybe fast a meal, maybe fast a day, maybe fast a week, believe it or not, you won't die if you don't eat food for a week. I have a physically demanding job and I didn't die. And it's cool. God did cool stuff. I thought I was going to die. It felt like it, but God came in and met me. It was good. <laughs> what's, it, what's it say? It says God's the Holy Spirit's the comforter. He comforts those who mourn. I was mourning and I needed the comforter and he came. So, um, all right, step two, if you want to become pro, you got to put in the right stuff. And you also got to not just put in the right stuff. If you're eating right, you got to be exercising right. You can't expect to gain muscle by just eating. You're just going to get fat, like, you're just going to get, like, like it, it's not going to do anything for your body. Like, eating well is part of it, but it's also putting your exercise, so it's your faith in action. What are you taking that you're learning? Not just putting it in your head, knowing more, but you're actually doing something with it. Because people need to not just know it, they need to do it. You know where this starts? This starts with taking time with Jesus daily. Oh, my goodness. If, if there's nothing else you guys get out of this today... If you're not spending time with the Lord, I'm not talking about once a week on a Sunday. I'm not talking maybe twice a week when I feel like it or I have time. I'm talking about, we say God's first, but it's not shown by our life. Like it can't be just God's first in my life. God's first in my life. We can't say that and claim it and it's not shown by our life. How we live shows what we actually believe. So if we're saying Jesus is first, put him first. And I'm not talking taking three hours out of your day. Some of you guys can do that. Do it. Some of you guys can't do that. Don't. Start. Give God what you can give. If it's 15 minutes, give him 15 minutes. You guys can find 15 minutes. Sit with him. Open up the word of God. And if you don't hear anything, guess what? Do it again tomorrow. Do it again tomorrow. Have some endurance, guys. Because God doesn't want just something that's just going to give instant gratification. Put the work in. God will meet you. Man, so I'm going to ask you, when is it going to be? You guys can write this down. And how long is it going to be? Don't just hear that and be like, okay, man, that's a good idea. And then forget about it. Like today, right now, open your phones if you want to. Forget the rest of what I'm going to speak. And just ask the Lord, like figure out a time when and figure out how long. And start that this week. Man. Try doing seven days a week. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Man, if you if like, I talked about it before, but it's like my wife's right there in the front row. Most beautiful woman on the face of the planet. Yeah, right? and. Yeah. If I say that I know her, but I only give her one day a week, how much do I really know her? I put the time, I put the work, I put the effort, and I know her more than anyone else because I put the time and the effort and the work. Same with Jesus. You can't say you know him if you don't be with him. Um, Second thing is walking in righteousness. Righteousness. Oh my goodness. So if you come into the kingdom of God, you repent, which means you turn away from the way you're walking. And you say, God, I want to follow you. And it means you're going to go after this. You actually become the righteousness of God. Someone could call you by your name, like Paul over there, man. Jesus doesn't just call you Paul. He could also call you the righteousness of God. It's like another name he has for you, man. It's who God says you are. But it's not just who God says you are and you're like, okay, I'm good. I guess I, mess, I make a mistake sometimes. Man, I'm a sinner that's just walking it. So it doesn't really matter. If I sin once, I sin all the time. So it doesn't matter if I do this thing good or not. God's just, I'm the righteousness of God, so I'm good. Actually, you're the righteousness of God, so act like it. Walk this out. It's not talking about just, I am this, so good. It's actually talking about walking this thing out. And what that means just practically is hating sin, Not hating people, not hating bad people, man. There's plenty of bad people. Jesus did not hate them. He hated the sin. You know what happened? The woman that was caught in adultery? Dude, everyone else hated her. He drew a line in the sand. These guys, like said, like anyone who has sinned in here, like you throw the, anyone who has not sinned, throw the first stone. No one threw the stone. They all walked away, but he didn't just leave her. They're saying, okay, like you're good. I accept you and your mess. He accepted her and he said, go and sin no more. He said, Yeah. Go and sin no more. He said, leave the mess. Hate sin. Run after God. Pursue purity. The pure of heart. See God. If you want to see God, get your hearts pure. Man, third thing, man. And this is lacking. I'm growing into this. I grew up all my life in a church. I could talk to people in a church all day long about Jesus and everyone was happy. But man, we're not just supposed to tell people in our church about Jesus. Tell people outside of church about him. Tell them about what God's done in your life. You don't have to know everything to be able to go out. Give what you got. You got to start somewhere. Don't start tomorrow when you go to your job. Start today when you go out to lunch. And don't even have to say anything big. Open your mouth and say the word of Jesus. The devil hates that. He hates it so much. He's going to put so much fear on you. And he's going to be like, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to do this. Open your mouth and speak. God will use your mess. And he'll be able to actually use it for his kingdom. So tell someone about Jesus. This starts now. Exercise your faith. Step three for becoming pro or going pro. Find a place to start practicing fighting. If you like want to go into professional wrestling, you eat well, you exercise well, but you don't practice wrestling, it's kind of pointless. And you need to figure out where you're going to go. You can practice at your house, but it's probably not going to be many people to wrestle with. Wrestle with some people. You know where it starts, though? It starts, yeah, wrestling. You know where it starts? It starts in your family. My dad always said, and it convicted the heck out of me because I was the knucklehead sometimes in my house. And he would be like, who you are is who you are in your house. You're not who you are at church. You're not who you are. We can put on a pretty face at work and get away from the problems. Who you are is who you are in your house. And I'm like, I can't argue with that, dad. I'm like, please "Please don't throw that out after I say something bad. I'm like, this makes me feel bad. But he was like, he was saying it because he's like, don't be two-faced. and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be two-faced. It starts in your family. pour into your family more than you're pouring into any other place. If you're going to talk to someone about Jesus, talk to them, start there. If you're going to be walking in righteousness, walk in love, walking these things, it starts there. If you're going to spend time with Jesus, do it right in front of them. Show them. Show them how to walk. Show your kids how to walk. At your job is the second place. And guess what? If you guys want to be missionaries, it doesn't start in China. It doesn't start in Africa. I've been to those places. They're cool. God's doing good stuff there. But man, America needs missionaries. And God didn't just put you in this church service to actually be rich with blessing. He called you to be blessed so you could be a blessing to others. And that's with the good news as well. It's not just with your finances. So go and it's your job, man. I've been talking to people at my job about Jesus. And I've got plenty of people that don't like me. You're going to get people that don't like you for it. It's good. It's healthy. It's not about you. It's not. It's not about me. But God wants those people to reach. God didn't put Pastor Josh in front of them. He didn't put my beautiful wife in front of them. He put you in front of them. And I'm probably never going to ever meet them in my entire life. But he trusted them with you. Use your influence. And thirdly, wherever your feet are. It's not, you have your Jesus time, you have your time where you're on and then your time where you're off. You're not your ministry mode and then your normal, I'm just, okay, this is my family mode or or this other thing. Wherever your feet are at, go after it with Jesus. Go after it with talking to people about Jesus. I was at the gas station and you know what? You get two, three minutes of filling up your tank. You can do a lot in two, three minutes. I'm like, the person right next to you probably doesn't know Jesus. Maybe he's not going to church, Maybe they're doing all that, but they just need prayer. Go up and ask them, man. I just say like, "Hey, man, I love Jesus." Freaks them out, and then I'm like, "Is there anything I pray for you for?" And that opens the door for the gospel. That opens the door for many other things, or just God to move. And a lot of times, people are really like accepting of it. It's cool. But if you have two, three minutes, talk to the person next to you. It's not going to kill you. The worst they're going to say is no. Learn to share the gospel. This is how we kind of just share Jesus. We're finding practicing to fight. This is how we fight. Share the gospel. Share your testimony. Share how you came to Jesus or what God's doing in your life right now. Pray for the sick. If you see someone sick, that's illegal in the kingdom of God. We're actually called to be enforcers of the kingdom. Go after it. If you don't see one person healed, continue going after it. Get in the word because the word says it and we gotta go do it. Cast out demons. Demons are real. They're not that scary. They're under Jesus' feet. So if you see them, tell them to leave in the name of Jesus and tell them until they go. Um... And take care of people's needs. Don't just be so spiritual that you're no earthly good. Actually, like Brandon, where's Brandon at? Dude, you're one of the most amazing guys with serving and loving people with Jesus, with your hands and with your effort. I've, like, I've grown so much. Like I feel like even discipled in that area with you or fathered in that area with you because you're not just talking about it. Sometimes you won't even talk. You'll just go and do. And you'll take care of so many needs that it's like you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. Be like that. Mm. <laughs> okay, step four, remember, just grab one thing, you can grab all of it, but it probably won't work to apply all of it, just grab one thing, um, step four, find a coach, so if you're going to be really good at wrestling, wrestling, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm not, I've not been in Texas long enough to be able to claim that, so kick me out of the church, um, find a coach, don't practice on your own. If you want to be really good, you can be an average wrestler. You can be okay. If you're trying on your own, you can look up YouTube videos, but find someone who's done it there you go. and follow them because God's actually going to teach you how to grow. And he's going to give you wisdom on how to actually avoid things that you don't have to fall into. If you follow someone else, we're following Jesus together here at this church. Yes, that's right. So the Bible word for coach is disciple maker, discipleship, which The Bible does not say bring people to church. You can bring people to church, that's good. But the Bible actually says, go make disciples of all nations. Oh my goodness. I, I didn't know that until I read my Bible. Some people like maybe told me, it went on deaf ears, I guess, but I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know, I thought if I bring them to church, someone else is gonna do the work, gonna get them saved, and gonna get them in a good place, and they come once a week and God's gonna do it. But no, discipleship means this. It means showing someone how to follow Jesus, using your life, don't just talk about it. If you're not walking this out, it's gonna be very poor. And through your words, your life and your words. So question to you guys, who's showing you, I'm talking every single person individually, husband and wife separate, who's showing you how to follow Jesus outside of Sunday mornings? Pastor Josh got the Sunday morning service, that's good. Who's doing it six other days a week? Who are you calling? Who are you asking questions with? Who are you going out to meet? And who are you asking for? Don't expect someone's gonna come up to you and plug you in and say, I want to disciple you or I want to go hang out with you and show you how to follow Jesus. Who are you asking? Honestly, look to the right and the left real quick. There's a lot of people in this room that have gone pro, that are mature in Jesus much longer than I've been alive. Uh, And they're really good at knowing how to follow Jesus. Ask them. They're not gonna say no. And if they do say no, they'll probably plug you in with someone better. Um. All right. So the second, the last thing is like, who are you showing the way? It's like I said before, you're blessed to be a blessing. Don't just think this is about me, 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 me. Americans are like, it's me, 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 me. My needs, my problems, my breakthrough. I need this. But actually guess what? It's not about me. It's about Jesus. If you come into the kingdom and it's actually about how can I give, how can I pour out with what God's put in me? And guess what? If you're saved one week, you have something to give. If you're saved one week and you have a week of getting poured into by Jesus, you have something to give. It doesn't have to be decades. The devil disqualified me for a long time because I thought I needed X, Y, and Z to be able to get everything that God called me to do or step out in what he's saying. And the devil lies about that all the time. You don't need education. You don't, like, sometimes that's good. If God calls you into it, go for it. But you don't need it to be obedient to God. And you don't need being poured into forever. What you need is a simple yes. And you need obedience to follow it and you need dependency on God, yes. okay? I used to think dependency, I, I used to think, man, I need to love Jesus, I need to be obedient to him, but you know what, if I'm really mature, I'll know everything I'm gonna do. Most of the time, I have no clue what I'm doing, it freaks me out, but I'm dependent on Jesus. Maturity looks like not knowing what to do, but clinging to him for dear life, because he does. Man, blessed to be a blessing, guys. All right, step five. Step five, step five. Um, You all got to answer the question. So if you guys are good with exercising, if you guys are good with eating clean, if you guys are good with what are the other two steps, finding a place to practice, finding a coach, but you guys don't know who you are, guess what? In the WWE, you got to answer this question, who am I? Okay, so you can't make it in the WWE without this. Pro wrestlers, they can be good wrestlers, but they gotta have a persona. Listen to this. The ultimate warrior, he was an animal. He knew who he was and he went after it. And because of that, he made it into the WWE. He didn't just have the looks. He didn't just have the strength. He had the persona. He knew who he was and he acted like it. Ric Flair, he was a showman. Man, I only know this because I watched a few of his fights like last week, but he was a showman apparently. And, uh, but he knew who he was and he went after it. Hulk Hogan, he was an American. He knew who he was, and he went after it. The same way you're supposed to know who you are. So answer this question, who are you? Who am I? Write that down. If you guys don't just give a five-second answer to that, that's like a lifelong answer, but it's a lifelong being rooted in. I'm going to tell you the answer to it. It's a trick question because it's like, here's the question, who am I? But let me tell you who you are because God just says it right here. Get in your word because this right here wasn't revealed to me because someone taught me it necessarily. It was revealed because I got my face in my Bible and God showed me. It's cool. Um, If you know who you are, you're gonna know how to be. Some of you guys are trying to act right. Some of you guys are trying to run from sin, run from sin. Some of you guys are trying to do all the right things, do all the checklists and everything, and it's exhausting because you're doing it out of a place of works. What God wants you to do is out of a place of being. And this is who you are. It says in 1 John 3, 1, First John 3, 1. It says, see how very much our father loves us, that he calls us his children. And that is what we are. If you've not come to Jesus, you're not God's children, you're an orphan. The Bible makes that really clear. Sin covered, orphan, broken, needing desperately the love and the mercy of God. But guess what? If you are in the kingdom of God, you're his kid. Check this out. Let's we'll read it again. See how much our father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that's what we are. That last part, that's what we are. That's who we are. Done. It's not questioning. It's not going, man, I wonder, well, maybe I had a bad day. Am I still this? I'm like, this is what it is. Go in your Bible, highlight it, underline it, put this on your mirror, and say, God, this is who I am. Make me like this. Because if you're a child of God, that means you're made in his image. You're called to walk like God. Your identity, if you come to Jesus, is you're a son and a daughter. So check this out. Yeah. Okay. I took these off the notes. I wasn't sure how much time I was gonna have, um, but I'm just gonna go into them. These are in your notes on the Overflow app if you all wanna check them out. I got verses, so you can dig into this a little bit more. But this is what sons and daughters should have, okay? This is cool. They should have the love of God in their hearts. Some of y'all me. I want to be real spiritual. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see people come to Jesus. I'm excited about that. It's healthy. It's God's heart. But man, if you don't have love, you got nothing. You're just annoying and you're not promising anything from God. Okay. I'm just annoying, man. I could talk all good. I could have the best sounding words. I could be up here and be like, wow, man. I could sound like Joel Osteen up here just with excellence with my words. But listen to me. It don't matter if you don't have love. And love's not showing up here. Love's showing down there. It's like what Brandon does. It's like when you're loving with your hands, you're loving with your heart, and you're loving fully. It's not one dimension. It's not just words. The second thing, sons and daughters are called to have. Seriously, go into the notes on this. I put verses on these things. Get in the word. I'll just say this really quick. Check this out. If you guys can see that, I underline, I highlight, not because I'm like also spiritual, but because I want to take this serious. Get in this thing, the stuff that stands out, mark up your Bibles, grab a hold of it. Don't just read a chapter, 10 chapters, 20 chapters, read a verse over and over and over again until the word gets in you. It does not have to look like quantity over quality. Get the quality and get the quantity in and get right before God and get this in you until you believe it. More than you believe anything else. Man. All right, second thing you're supposed to have as a son and daughter of God, you're called to have the power of God in your hands. Okay? Just like Jesus walked, he knew who he was. I'm a son of God. I walked that out in my sonship. And the second thing is he had the power of God in his hands. And like I said earlier, sickness and disease is supposed to be illegal. It's not supposed to be right. You read in Mark 16, it talks about anyone who believes. It doesn't say anyone who pastors. It doesn't say anyone who's really spiritual. It does not say anyone who, man, maybe has a special calling on God in their life. It says anyone who believes, which take this word and believe it, grab a hold of the Bible and just simply believe it. Be like a little kid that says, oh, it says that. Okay, it's true. Don't be analytical about it. It says anyone who believes will heal the sick. It says anyone who believes will cast out demons. It's real. Go after it. God doesn't want it. Right. Called the enforcers. The last thing is the ability, sons and daughters will have the third thing, the ability to articulate the simple gospel. I knew Jesus. I loved Jesus. But I went so much of my life without being able to like articulate the simple gospel. I didn't know how to. And it was something that I just got in my Bible and God started showing me how to walk this out. So it's like, If you don't know how, talk to one of the pastors, figure this out, get in the word, because the gospel is so beautiful, and the devil wants us to keep our mouth shut and not lead people to him. We're called to plant seeds, we're called to water seeds, and we're called to reap a harvest. Sometimes we're good at planting, we're good at watering, but we don't know how to reap the harvest, and we'll miss out on many, many people because we don't know how to bring them in. All right. Let's go right here. This is is some of what you get as a son. And I'm telling you, get in your Bible, because I just highlighted a bunch of stuff. This is who, what you get freely by just being a son of God. But there's so much more. There's so much more. This is just like a little like teaser. Um, if we can pull that up. Let me speak some truth into you guys. You guys can screenshot this. If you're following Jesus, believe it. Grab a hold of it, believe it above anything else. The first thing is you're his beloved child. You're God's beloved child, okay? Done and dealt with it. If you don't feel like you're loved, go to the word and say, well, I don't feel like it, but this is what it says, I am. God, make me know how much I'm loved by you. You have authority to crush the power of the enemy. You're not helpless. He's not your bully. He's not, you're not even in a fight. You're in a fight against him, but it's actually a fight because it's already a stage fight. It's like the WWE fights. It's already been scripted. It's already been written out and Jesus paid for it, okay? Don't get so distracted by something that's in your face that you miss him, okay? You have the authority to crush the power of the enemy. You're Jesus's disciples, Okay? Man, follow him like he's like like he walked, walk. You're a friend of God. You're chosen and appointed by God, and you've been created to bear His fruits. You're chosen, you're appointed. If you don't feel like you're handpicked, you don't feel like you're special. Again, get in the word. Don't believe what you feel, believe what it says. You belong to God. You were loved by God and called to be saints. You are loved by Him. You've been made right with God, and now you have peace with God. Man. The greatest gift. We're enemies of God without Jesus. Actually, not hated by God, but that's sin, man. He hates it. And that separates us from him. God made us right and brought us to peace. The greatest peace of your life. It's peace we we're talking about earlier. Submit to it. And you're dead to the power of sin, but free to run in righteousness. Romans 6, if you're dealing with any addiction, if you're dealing with any struggle of sin, if you're dealing with anything that you're like, well, this is not like Jesus, but I'm just stuck in it. It's always how I've been. Read Romans six and read it till it gets in you and simply believe it and say, when that stuff comes, that temptation comes, say, no, I'm dead to sin. No, I'm actually alive in Christ. No, that's actually been done and buried. Why am I taking this off the cross to say it's mine? It's not yours any longer. It's only yours if you accept it and you're just playing a fool of the enemy if you do. Man, open up your Bibles, y'all. This is what you need to walk as a child of God, okay? Your whole life, I'm gonna say that again, your whole life lay down at Jesus' feet, moment by moment, not just in the morning, not just at night, not just when you spend time with him, not just Sunday morning, moment by moment, following and depending on Jesus. So that's a big mouthful. It's basically meaning lay your life down at Jesus' feet for every bit of your life. It's so what you need to walk as a child of God if you wanna walk this thing out. Second thing, pursue Jesus in daily secret. You guys wanna know the greatest kept secret that isn't that kept? It's just get alone with Jesus and he's gonna make everything new. And you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you got water baptized, awesome. That's phenomenal and there's so much power like in what the word talks about with water baptism. But listen to me, you're missing out on the gas. It actually makes the car of your life go. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like gas that goes in a car. You might have repentance. You might have water baptism, which is basically like you get a new vehicle to drive. You get the directions you're supposed to go. But if you don't have any gas, it's just a struggle. You're pushing that car. You know where you're supposed to go. You have to get that car to a certain location. You're doing all your strength to get it there. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually the Holy Spirit coming inside you and transforming you from the inside out and actually being the gas that pushes you forward. It's cool. Okay. Man, God, you're so good. We're talking about sons. This is the most important part. If you know who you are, you're going to be who you are. If you're in this room and you don't know where you stand with Jesus, honestly, this is the good news of how to become a son. Okay? There's no slides for this. You guys just hear this for a second. This is the best news I know. We're stuck in a mess. That mess is our sin. I'm, I'm a welder. I, get, I used to work at a diesel mechanic shop, and I would come home with oil on me all the time. And I'd come into my pretty white house, and if I touched anything, it would be permanently stained. And my wife didn't like that at all. <laughs> and uh, so I wouldn't touch anything. I would go straight in the shower. So anyway, anything I touched would become drenched in sin. Anything I touch would be gross because before we come to Jesus, what we are is we're covered in sin. Everything we touch, even if we wanna do the right thing, we don't do it. Even if we don't wanna do something, we do do it. The thing is that we're actually a slave in sin and that sin, what that does, God loves us with everything inside of us, but that sin separates us from God it actually holds us back from following him. It actually falls us back, and if we don't deal with it, not only does it separate us for a little bit and it makes us feel bad, it makes us gross, not being twisted in our minds, but what it does is for all of eternity, separation happens. When you die, there's eternity. You have two choices. You either come into Jesus and you get that sin dealt with, or you don't come into Jesus and that sin separates you forever and ever. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He didn't make it so anyone could perish. He actually loved us enough to be God's solution. He actually did what we couldn't do because we're stuck in this mess and we couldn't fix it. But guess what? God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son for whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Guess what? He gave the solution. When we couldn't get our way out, he made our way out. It wasn't us trying harder. It was actually us saying, Jesus came to die on the cross to take all of our sin, all of our shame, all the stuff that we regret All the stuff that messes with our minds and makes us see not right and he took that on himself who lived perfect and guess what he did with it he died and that power of sin that he took died and guess what he was buried and that power of sin was buried with him and guess what he rose from the dead and the power of sin stayed in the grave and Jesus rose into a new life and guess what Good news, but it would be great. Like, it's not that good of a news if it doesn't have anything to pertain to us. But guess what? God did that not just so Jesus could defeat death and defeat sin, but He did it so we could actually stand with what He deserves. We could actually walk in what He's called to, which is free from sin, alive in Christ. And guess what? God's looking for your reaction. He's looking for your response. Today, man, maybe some of you guys are in this place where you guys have not done this. God is looking not just for the right moment for him to call you and to come into him. He called you 2,000 years ago on that cross. He said, I did it all. I did the legwork. And sometimes we're waiting for him to do the work in us and say, God, when you're ready, I'll come to you. God, when you're ready, man, I'll I'll take that step. But guess what? God was ready 2,000 years ago before you were even born. God was ready before you even took a step out of your, take your first step. God was waiting for you. He did the work so you could be free from sin. He did the work so you could be alive in Him and actually walk in the peace of God, actually walk in the freedom of God, actually the twisted mind that you used to think is gone and dealt with. And guess what? God's looking for it. And you know what He's looking for? The first step is repentance. The first step is not water baptism. The first step is not getting filled with the Holy Spirit and feeling something inside. step is repentance and it's saying that the way i'm walking i don't want to walk anymore and if you don't know that you've taken that step you haven't taken that step because look at me when you take that step you'll know when you take that step there's going to be fruit because you're saying a line in the sand saying i'm walking this way i don't want to walk this way anymore i'm stepping over and where i'm stepping over i don't care what it's going to look like if i fall or if i trip i'm going this way now If you do not change the way you're walking, it only leads to hell. And hell is not just something you find out when you die. It's talking about the stuff you're walking in right now. God wants to free you of the mess now and he wants to free you of the mess and make you at peace with God. Wake up today's the day I like I was saying earlier it's not a tomorrow word it's a right now because God made you for himself he did the legwork and he's waiting for you and the first step is repentance maybe you guys repented in this room maybe you turned maybe you're walking after Jesus but the second step is getting water baptized and that's not just something that's just having a pool party it's not just getting in the water just to say man I checked it off I did it no there's no fruit in that it's part of repentance It's part of getting that water. Like if you read Romans 6, it's what it talks about. Maybe you guys repented, but it's called to be water baptized. Water baptized is you go under that water and you die with Christ. And that sin on you, that whole self you were born into because you were born wrong. God wants to make you born again. That sin goes in that water with you. You go under that water and it dies on that cross. And you go under that water and it gets buried where Jesus took that sin and was buried. And when you come out of the water, you actually become brand new, born again. The sin that was stuck on you, the stuff that was stuck on you since you were born, the addiction that you were stuck on since you were born, the power of that is gone. The power of sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. If you're walking in this apart from Jesus, you are a slave to sin and you just do what your master tells you to do. But when you come into the kingdom of God and you repent and you get water baptized, you actually have a new master and his name is Jesus. He's not just your friend. He's not just the comforter. He's the Lord of your life. And the cost of coming to him is your entire life. Your entire life. He's not just asking for a pretty prayer. He's not just asking for good church attendance. What he's asking for is perfection. And perfection can only come by you walking with him because he's gonna grow you into it. He's not asking for you to do the work. He did the work. He's falling for you to follow in his footsteps like he walked. Maybe you got water baptized, but you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, it's the gas. Let me tell you, some of you guys are struggling in sin. Some of you guys are struggling and just trying to walk this thing out. It's hard. Life is hard. There's gonna be hard stuff. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is the great changer of the inside out. The Bible talks about you coming to him and him actually giving you a new heart and a new mind. Man, how great would that be? I was stuck in sexual addiction. I was stuck in pornography for many years. And I hated myself. I was stuck in depression. I hated myself. And I hated life. I looked good on the outside. Some of you guys look great on the outside. Much better than I did. Man. But on the inside, I was dying. People would say, man, you're a good guy, you're good this, you're a good that, you come from a good family. I'm like, man, if you really knew me, man, you wouldn't say that. And because of shame, I never spoke about it. And guess what? God came and he met me. And I gave my full life down saying, God, this isn't working, I want you. And guess what? He gave me a new mind and a new heart. He broke off pornography. He broke off addiction. He broke off depression. Depression's not your portion. He actually gave me hope and joy that doesn't go up and down, that stays consistent. And when it doesn't stay consistent, I just go right back to what it says. I submit to it. He brought me complete freedom and he'll do the same in you today. So listen to me on that. That's a heavy word. It's the best word because the heavy, the heavy part is only if you hold on to the sin. The heavy part's the, the hard part is the only part if you like, I don't want to change. It doesn't have to be hard. What you need is to get out of yourself and actually say, I'm gonna put myself to the side and I want you Jesus.